more listening to the Weekly Geekly. I don't know. The Weekly Geekly is pretty cool. And the Buzz Counter Culture Podcast. And welcome back to another edition of the Weekly Geekly. I'm the weirdo with sometimes a beardo. It's not a beard now. Little, uh, well, by this time it might be a beard again. Kind of did the whole, uh, I'm a Civil War veteran look with the chops and the goatee. Yeah, you got some space there. Makes me look older. But, uh, I'm Lucian, the creepy dude here at the Weekly Geekly. You've heard him already, but Zach is back, people. Zach Cook is in the house with me. Still not a robot. And, <laughs> hey. Hey. And we're here, uh, because... I saw this show. You told me to see this show. I did. And at first, I didn't even want to give it a chance. Uh, I read the some of the graphic novels this was based off, and I was like, I like it, but I I didn't I wasn't like huge on the story and the aesthetics were cool. But I was like, you know what? It's it's got Josh Duhamel in it. I should give it a chance. I like that guy. You know, I think that's what really drove me to this. I was like, that was a good main dude in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about Jupiter's Legacy today. If you don't know what it is, it's a story based on a comic book by Mark Miller, who is huge, Zach, in the comic book community. This guy wrote Civil War, Old Man yeah. Logan, like a lot of like the Ultimates, Marvel Ultimates. Yeah. He did. He even did Red Sun Superman, where Superman could have been born or like it crash landed in Soviet Russia and been like a Soviet superhero. Which was a cool multiverse thing in the DC right. uh, continuity, uh, or in, in lack thereof, or whatever. But uh, yeah, this is from Mark Miller. You may also know him as the guy who did uh, Wanted. He can't, he did that book, which yeah. was adapted into a movie, and Kick-Ass, and even Kingsman was, oh, yeah, a Mark yeah, yeah, Miller, right. was a Mark Miller story. So we know his work, and honestly, it's pretty fun. And a lot of it... I will wager to say borders on hyper-violent pop comedy, that genre. Yeah. A lot of it fits that that extension or that narrative. But uh, yeah. Jupiter's Legacy was a fun take on the book. Because like I immediately told you, I was like, they, yeah. they, they changed up a lot. But not enough to make the story a different story. Right. It was still like the same root story. It was just at was, different speeds. Yeah, they just changed the pacing. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now they this this story is about Josh Dumal and a band of people that he comes to know friends and his brother and a reporter and pretty much they're living in the Great Depression. Yeah, uh, his dad's super rich. They own a steel mill. Yep. Him and his brother help run it. You know, and shit goes south and they yep. didn't predict it. And Wall they were, Street crashes. And they, and, I think yep. weren't they trying to expand? Yeah, they and that was like the expand. worst time. Yeah, yeah. And then the stock market crashes, and Josh Jamal's dad just like jumps off a building in front of him. Yep, it's like super crazy. And then after his death, he learns all these horrible things about his father. It like makes him mm-hmm. go insane almost. But we learn he's not going insane. He's getting these premonitions yeah. and these dreams about this island and these hieroglyphics and all this stuff. And a lot of the that story is literally just people thinking he's crazy for the longest time. Right. Because he's like talking to his dead dad and like going through all this shit. And it's the 30s. They didn't yeah. know how to handle that stuff back then. Yeah. They were like, he's fucking lost his mind. And they're like, no, right. no, no, don't say that. Shh, calm down. Don't, don't be loud. <laughs> like, right. like, that's, I love that the period piece points were like really accurate to the time. Yeah. Like they didn't really stray off too much from what you would expect. And uh, I don't know. I guess long story short, right? They end up going to this island for just kind of setting up the the origin here. And mm-hmm. um in the show, it's like a trial they have to mm-hmm. uh accomplish. At one point you start realizing the island's alive and it's forcing them to keep going further and it's yeah. All these different like trials of the mind kind of, but also trials of the body. Yeah. And eventually they get put to the test and they earn superpowers. Yeah. And that's kind of all the show tells you. Well, they like so like the show in like the first episode the show is saying like yeah we went to an island and got superpowers and yeah. now we're superheroes right they don't tell you shit you just get thrusted into the future where they've already had kids and it's yeah. like now it's like modern times yeah. yeah which is funny because it's like oh they've lived since the 30s and they have barely aged you know like, right right they've aged like 10 years 20 years maybe in like a 50 60 year span 40 right years. like no more than that and and almost 90 years when you when they start showing the island stuff 
you you it's made apparent that yeah they have to go through trials and stuff but like they were chosen for whatever reason yeah some entity some i know what it element. is and we can get into that if you want later but it, or, some, or now if you want to know what it is sure it's Ruin aliens it. oh yeah well that makes sense it's kind of easy to see that when they walk in and it's like they're in space kind of yeah they're, they're like on jupiter on, well i think they're on a moon of jupiter because yeah. jupiter's in the horizon and yeah. then they're i, I don't know it's, right so in the in the um, story they just kind of go in and they talk to their dead relatives and it's like who yeah the, the entity will say right now is choosing to, to speak through yeah but then in the comic books they walk in and it's literally just like some really tall alien dudes and they're like what up dude want some powers like the, oh, is it in the comics? It didn't seem so grand. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's funny because that storyline, uh, which I love, and you end up kind of liking more than the modern one by the end of it. You're like, yeah. this at least has twists and turns. Yeah. Um, In the book, it's like 10 panels. Yeah. It feels like it's just yeah. like a clip or two. Like, it's barely and, even a thing. And you're like, And in oh. the show, it's Half at least story. 50% of the story. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they do like flashbacks backs in between scenes and stuff like that yeah so they come out of this island right and uh i think also i will say this they they teased at the fact that they're in the future there are other super beings that weren't on the island that are established yeah so i think that those are the descendants of the people that took them there that were waiting like half a mile offshore on a boat yeah and the radiation like hit them and you see their faces kind of light up a little bit but then yeah. they're back to normal i think that that's like a they're like B class superheroes, right? You know right. What I mean, I'm like, not. I they don't. What they don't do is they don't. They explain how the original group, or this like version of the Justice League or whatever, yeah, essentially gets their powers like the primary superheroes. What they don't do is explain why all of these other like why supervillains exist or why all these other superheroes will come up and like yeah in modern times try out for what do they call it the council or the, uh the union the union the yeah. the union yeah it um, sounds super like vanilla but uh they yeah they don't explain any of that yet no um which is fine you kind of get the gist like one thing that i was a little disappointed in yeah uh was there's a third backstory oh which is essentially like them in the j edgar hoover era and and how they didn't want to get involved in politics but some of them did oh and yeah. how they were kind of forced into like dealing with j edgar uh so blue bolt the guy who originally has the blue bolt wand yeah he is a homosexual like right, you kind yeah. of get that when he's they talking kind of about the guy he it. loved and he's like he yeah. was my uh friend and everyone's like yeah, yeah, okay bro like we know it's cool we don't care yeah but uh j edgar hoover finds that out and like takes pictures of him secretly or has someone do it and then tries to blackmail him into giving away all the identities of the union. Yeah. So he can have control over the union. And they essentially do the same thing back to Jake Hoover and prove that they caught him in the act with the dude. And they like double blackmail him and then get out of politics. And yeah. I was just like, Oh, that's fucking amazing. But you don't get to see any of the stuff. Like you see all these news clippings of them being superheroes and you get, a yeah. t you get a taste yeah. of them talking about, the island like they were already there but you don't see them in action in their prime so i think the second season's probably going to do a lot of that i would like, imagine yeah with the current story that's well, the only way they can move forward like the modern story is the stuff that happens in the modern times is a lot of like which we're talking like 2016 or 2014 at this point this book is like five or six years old so. yeah so like well i'm sure when they wrote the series they kind of updated some of the concepts but kind of yeah it, it was it's kind of it's quasi futuristic yeah uh and like the kids are the kids are coming up and you know like the son of what is basically superman but not super what is it the, the utopian, utopian yeah josh dumal <laughs> the the son is trying to like live up to that legacy uh and then the daughter has completely been like ah fuck being a superhero yeah that's dumb and what to her credit she's also like super villainy is also dumb too i'm gonna go make money on my powers yeah, she's like, I'm going to get corporate sponsorships and be yeah. a model and just kind of yeah. like be a party girl. Like the Paris Hilton of yeah, like the, the family. Apathy. Yeah, like she's, she doesn't care. And she's even hooking up with uh, Sky Fox's son. Yeah. Who, and so they uh, have like his, a split. His name's Hutch. And I really like his character. Yeah, they have a split at some point. They don't say when. Where like Sky Fox, who kind of is a pseudo Batman. 
Yeah, he's got like a helmet on. It's very like yeah, yeah, which is very pseudo Batman. Yeah, that's a good representation. Um, he even he's like the only person to ever like leave the union and become a villain. Yeah. I think um, the guy who played him, Matt Lanter, I think he did a really good job too. Yeah, he played yeah. that arrogance very well, and you could yeah. tell he was like the Lex Luthor, yeah, too of like the group. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, uh, there's like there's backstory and there's drama and stuff like that, but the main, the main bulk of the story deals with like the Utopians' inability to deal with the fact that modern, the modern populace doesn't super follow his uh, his code yeah. his code anymore he's like he's like service above all others always help people and never kill and the yeah. never kill thing it's like it's like batman like it really it's a solid premise of this story so if you're yeah. if this is one of those things where you're like god damn it i'm tired of that yeah this is not the show for you yeah like that's the main struggle in this first season yeah. like there's a there's a super villain fight black and- star which which i was surprised he's played by tyler Maine. That's the guy who did Sabretooth in the original X-Men and uh, Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie Halloweens. Oh. I was like, uh, oh, nice. I, you could never yeah. have told tell under the makeup. Yeah. They no, and really it's a good cool. character. And he's like, essentially, wouldn't you say he's kind of like a... He looks like uh, Fuck, what's the DC bad guy? Oh. In the Snyder not cut. Not Doomsday. Um, yeah, Doomsday. Is he, it Doomsday? He, he yeah. looks like Doomsday and like Apocalypse mixed. Yeah. It's like yeah. some cool... You, you, can t- you can very much tell that that Miller is taking these like well-established ideas of superheroes that we have and just making them different. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's not trying to like come up with something new, but he's not also, it's not like a, just a lazy cut and paste. Well, think about it. Kick-Ass wasn't a new idea. What's up? Kick-Ass was not a new idea. Right. Right. So like, yeah, I think that's just what he does. Like Kingsman was a James Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, Wanted was uh, a spy movie that was originally intended to be a supervillain movie. So, well, yeah. So, Wanted is weird. Yeah. the The graphic novel is all about like supervillains. Yeah, and reevaluating. Not spies. Yeah, reevaluating what the fuck a supervillain is. Right. Um, so they took a really off direction with that one movie. But yeah. The rest of his yeah. stuff's been pretty on brand. But yeah. Sorry to kind of sidetrack you there. Yeah, You're yeah. saying we're getting in this big super fight with Black Star. I and, really loved that fight. Yeah, that was the highlight yeah. fight for me of the the whole first season. It I takes think. place in Nebraska. It does. They said that now. It... <laughs> where? What? Tell me where? Outside, Some random outside of Lincoln, like yeah, place, place we've out, never yeah. been. Yeah, they, they could have easily been like Atlanta. They yeah. could have filmed that in Georgia. Yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no. So there's a fight, and then the supervillain is about to probably kill the Utopian. Oh and, yeah, dude. Yeah, so he had his foot on the Utopian's bloody ass chest, and yeah. he was like self destruct mode. So yeah. he was about to blow up and kill both of them. Kill him. Kill yeah. everyone around them. Take out like half the state. And like, this is what the first or second episode. Uh huh. Yeah, this is crazy. So good way to start. One of the heroes makes a decision and like jumps and like kills him right away before he can self destruct. Yeah, which is the son of the Utopian. Right, and so. You at first you think it's gonna be like this big battle between like battle of wills between the son and the father over like how to live up to the legacy. But what it really becomes is it becomes the father's inability to deal with the support that his son receives from literally everyone else. Yeah, everyone's like, We're so super happy that you fucking killed that dude. He deserved it. Like that's yeah. that's how we should be handling these people that are so dangerous yeah. and obviously evil. They can't be held in jails. I mean, it's it's not immediate. Like not everyone is, is the next minute like, yeah, you did it good. But they end but, up saying that seventy eight percent of the population disagrees with the Utopian's code after this. Yeah. Like that's a he yeah. that shakes him. And yeah, well, he's super upset he doesn't know how to handle that it's basically like if superman comes along and people are like superman we're not a huge fan of you like we know that we can't stop you but yeah could like, you fucking leave though could, could you stop being a dick yeah and then he's like whoa 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 i'm just trying you to save a everybody statue for me like i love you guys like i just des- i you know i deserve your love and they're like it's- you don't deserve shit bro listen we got a big laundry list of complaints right now instead of like stopping that train where that little kid was crossing the track and destroying that billion dollar train we made mm-hmm. you could have just flew faster 
and got him away from the train. Right. Why did you take the destructive route? Like, it would be so funny to get more series like this where mm-hmm. people actually well, voice is, complaints against superheroes in a very believable fashion. There is a, a moment where his son is having this fight with what I can only describe as Lady Iron Man villain. Yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. in some mechanical yeah. suit and that, her voice change. I was like, yeah. cool, you have blaster arms. Whoopee. Uh, <laughs> and and they don't really go into it. I think she was just supposed to be like one of those villains. Bank you know? robber. Yeah. Um, and uh, the son is having kind of a hard time with this fight, and he's like just wrecking the shit out of this building. And the villain's like throwing him around, and he's you know like missing her and punching holes in walls and stuff. Yeah. And then the utopian like comes in. I think because he has something he's got to talk to his son about. Mm. And he like comes in, basically like grabs her, throws her up against the ceiling, knocks her out. And it's like, okay, so now we have to actually talk. And then they like say some things. And he's like, and you're paying for all this yeah. destruction. He's like, you're paying for the damage for this. And he's like, yeah. fuck. It's like, you <laughs> fucked up this fight. Yeah. You're paying for the damages. You're, you're, you suck. And he's yeah. pretty much like the dad that's like, my kid's never going to live up to my expectations. Like, he already admits that yeah. like six Like, he times. wants to. Like he wants the kid to live. He wants his son to live up to the expectation. But, but he's he so just, emotional. Yeah, he just doesn't realize that his pansy. expectations are, like, he doesn't even live up to his expectations. Yeah. You know? No, I totally get that. Like, <sighs> but he hasn't made that connection yet. Yeah, it's it's such a weird, like, daddy issue story. Yeah, like the whole the whole show is a very yeah. daddy issue thing, but it's cool yeah. to see like, hey, if I had Batman as my dad, I'd be fucking pissed too. Right, I'd I'd be like, that's cool. While I'm seven years old, and then eventually be like, hey, dad, where the fuck you at? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> like right. it's three in the morning. Some dude with two yep. different faces broke into the mansion. Can you help? Oh wait, you're out chasing some guy who probably has a crush on you and is giving you riddles like yeah god damn it dad it's my birthday <laughs> like you right. know like, yeah it would suck to have a superhero dad yeah. and it's kind of a cool a cool storyline uh but i think outside of what's going on with the utopian in society one of my favorite things was seeing hutch and his little gang of superheroed criminals yeah and they even had this van that was like a magical van that could like travel through walls and shit i was like yeah that's so fucking like cool. some wizard like yeah. sold it to sold them. it to yeah. him, which he's actually from another comic i think that miller uh. did i don't think that's so great but uh but yeah i love that little stick he has because at first you think he's a little pussy ass bitch you're like oh he's running from everybody yeah. he's working like, for well, this big dude he doesn't have like, any superpowers right he just has the teleport stick which that, is a cool object like, um god what was what was the other guy's the blue bolt or whatever? Yeah, it was the same exact thing. Like that was his stick, I think. It so, got like gifted to him or something. No, what happened is, and they say this in the comics. Well, uh, so Hotch was born without powers. Right. He was the, like the only kid from the unions that you know seed that didn't have powers, and his dad was Sky Fox, mm-hmm. and he felt super bad about that. He was like, man. That sucks. I, I feel bad for the kid. He, he should have something. So he took a flashlight and literally just engineered another one for him. Oh, yeah. We don't know where the first one came from or what it really is. We just know that it's like Sky Fox is smart enough to make another one. Yeah. Made it for his kid and it only works for his voice. And mm. I was just like, that's kind of cool. Like, but the funny part is like, so this stick, right? It uh, is like, I don't know what it's made of. It's probably some like adamantium kind of sure. like you know, sure. metal or something. But it glows blue. It teleports in like a very uh, night crawler kind of fashion, but with like, like electricity smoke and more, more electric. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of like the the suitcases from Umbrella Academy. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. So uh, he can literally just hold it and be like inside of your heart, or in in through Zach Cook's heart, and then it just teleports and it appears in your heart and kills you. Yeah, and then he can say home and it comes back. Or he can hold it and be like Puerto Rico and go straight to Puerto Rico. Yeah, whoever's like, I think. But it's his voice. So it yeah, doesn't matter who has it. It's whoever's touching him. Yeah. Can go with, with him. it. Yeah. Because there's then, this little scene with Utopian where he's like, take me to your dad. I want to see your dad. And every he explains that every time he does it, it just takes him to a random strip club in the yeah, world. Yeah, because his dad is missing. Yeah. And his dad's like a straight up like fucking like just slut <laughs> so like i think it's a joke that his dad put in the stick mm. so it'll never take him to him yeah because at, at this 
even at the end of the episode, we really don't know where he is. Yeah. Like, we don't know if he's on a different dimension or no. in like another world or there's like a, there's a the brief battle towards the end of the series where like you talk about the one inside of that dude's mind. Yeah. So we end up finding out, let's say this before we move on black star who got killed uh, by a um, little pansy ass Brandon Sampson mm-hmm. uh, isn't the real black star. And they find that out almost yeah. immediately after killing him. He's a clone. Yeah. Somebody cloned black star. And we don't find out till the end, which this is a spoiler show, guys. It's 20 minutes in. You know we're going to say who did it. But yeah. but uh, they, they're like, well, if we can get inside of his mind, we could see his memories and see mm-hmm. who maybe made him. And then we can get down to the bottom of this. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, Sky Fox did it. Sky Fox did it. Oh, shit, fuck. Sky Fox did it. And you think that for the longest time. And obviously, it's not going to be him. He's a, he's a big fucking red herring. Yeah. Which I still think he's going to get down with some well, evil shit. Because but... they allude to the fact that like when Sky Fox broke off, yeah. he was upset with the way they were doing things and wanted to do things differently. He wanted a hand in politics. They never really and said And he wanted that... to kill. Well, yeah. And they never really said that he was a villain, though. Well, yeah. they said that they labeled him a villain. They never right. said that he did villainous things. And that is a very interesting point you bring up, because yeah. even in the books, you'll see that sometimes who's labeled a villain is not actually a villain. Yeah. Uh, so far ahead in the future that uh, in the comic book, uh, Chloe and Hutch end up having a baby in the future that has superpowers. Yeah. And when he's like a middle schooler. Yeah. They're all labeled villains because there's a huge regime change from what it is right now. Mm. And so a bunch of people are labeled villains. So it's interesting you say that because we see it one way, but that might not be the real way it is. Yeah. You know, like you see Utopian as this Boy Scout Captain America figure, but maybe he's yeah. not that way, you know? And it's, uh, they never say, so they never say that Sky Fox is like this bad dude. Yeah. Um, but it, well, okay. So the the show itself never really proves that he's a bad dude. All of the superheroes there are like, oh, he was a bad dude. Yeah, they just say he was. Yeah. They're like, he didn't agree with us. He's a fucking villain. And you're like, yeah. okay, like, and like he brings that up to his kid. Utopian does a bunch of times because his kid is questioning the code. He's like, I yeah. want to kill. I think it's right. I think if these people are too dangerous, they need to be put out of their like misery and shit like yeah they don't need to live if they're just going to kill people and they're saving a bunch lives of, they do a bunch of different examples of like when superheroes are fighting supervillains and then the supervillains yeah. because the superheroes won't kill the supervillains yeah supervillains kill superheroes at a disproportionate rate yeah they're like just going off on because the, there's a lot of yeah. younger members in the union now they establish yeah. that yeah it's like the core five or six but or four or five but then they all had like generations of kids below them and now it's like they're all in the union too and they're yeah. all dying so everyone's freaking out like dude change your fucking mind about this code and the pressure yeah. just keeps going up so much that we find out that Sheldon aka the utopian is going to a supermax prison to go seek therapy from one of his arch nemesises yeah i was yeah. like that's crazy this dude's a super genius and you're going to go talk to him about all your problems like uh. probably not smart bro um, cause what if he makes allies with somebody, you know, by the end of things, like then you're mm-hmm. fucked. Like then they're just putting shit in your head. But, um, by the end of the show, we get another situation where, uh, black star. So black, the real black star breaks out of prison. Yeah. And he's got little pussy ass Brandon in a headlock and he's yeah. like, Hey, you're either going, it's pretty much the Batman Joker thing where he's like, you're, you're going to break your one rule tonight. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Or I'm going to kill your fucking kid. And you see it. His eyes light up. He's about to do it. And then another superhero runs in and helps. And yeah. like ultimately, the uh, Brandon actually becomes a man and kicks Blackstar's ass without killing him. And like, yeah. he looks at his dad after he's there and he's like, I, I knew you were going to do it, dad. And he's like, oh, oh thanks. <laughs> like, yeah. It's this really awkward moment that I think was meant to make you think that they're okay, but they're not. He knows his, I don't think he thinks his dad was going to save him. I think that's going to be a huge tipping point for him in next season. Yeah. is like he's been trying to live up to his dad's expectation, yeah. but he was put in the ultimate situation where he saved his dad, yeah, but his dad did. possibly wouldn't have saved him and he'll right. never really know. Right. And that lack of closure is going to lead to so much shit in his brain. Because one thing that was different about Brandon was in the comic books, he's just like Chloe. Oh. He does not want to be a superhero. He's a He's almost like just an alcoholic that goes out and parties all the time. And Uh-oh. that is where, and we'll, we'll say it now we're 25 minutes in, uh, the bad guy quote unquote, I guess you could say the, mm-hmm. what they want to prove, 
say as the bad guy would be Brandon's uncle and Sheldon's younger brother, Walt, who is older bra- brother. brother. Oh yeah, that's right. I always think younger. Cause you know, Sheldon's kind of the golden boy yeah. and that's what Walt hates. That's part of the, yeah, that's yeah. part of the, the friction is that the older brother is constantly put in the younger brother position. There's yeah. a point when they're on the Island way back in the day and they're like doing one of those tiny little cliff ledge mm-hmm. walks and it's like scary as fuck. And Sheldon just freaks out on, or I'm sorry, Walt freaks out on Sheldon. He's like, do you have any idea what it's like to have a golden brother, uh, golden boy brother who's younger than me and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I said we shouldn't have expanded and you didn't listen to me and look what happened. Dad killed himself. And it was just like super intense. And you're like, okay, I see the motivation for Walt. I see why he does what he does. And in the future, you learn that he's the one pulling all the strings, baby. Big shocker. The guy whose name is Brainwave is the master. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. But that's where, and we'll see this in the second season, I'm sure. Uh, you get to see he's he's pulling Brandon's strings, too. He's he's mm-hmm. pulling a lot of different strings in, in the show. But he, like, kills his own daughter because yeah. she found out. Because she found out, and she was blackmailing him for, like, $50 million. Yeah. And he's like, nope, and just fucking cuts her throat. I was yeah. like, the way they did that effect, too, was super cool. Because yeah. he didn't know what happened until after it happened. It was like, whoa. I feel like my brain glitched. Yeah. It was cool. They, the way they do the powers in this is pretty pretty fun. It's yeah. not too marvelly. Uh whenever there's whenever whenever there's captions on, yeah. They they do this one effect. It's just kind of excessively. Okay. The captions read ethereal twinkling. Ethereal twinkling. And it's just like <laughs> it, it's like a like a like a fairy transportation beam. Oh, that's like the mind like, effect when it looks all crystally. I think. Yeah, like yeah. when. Uh, oh, I can't remember that that lady's uh, Which, superpower. Who? There's like this one of Chloe's friends who like gets into the union and is super jazzed, but she's like, "I'm gonna be like the straight, the straight and narrow, like follow the rules girl." And her te- her power is like teleportation or something. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. Ectoplex. Maybe. No, that was the girl with the hair that was like fireballing. Never mind. Uh, yeah, I don't remember her name. Um, she was basically there to I don't be minor character. Ghost beam. Ghost, ghost beam. beam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she like can teleport or like go. If like, it's not it? Kitty impressive. Pride. It's kind of it's a Kitty not, Pride. Yeah, sorta. it's like a knockoff Kitty Pride. Um, they had a lot of X Men feels in this. Yeah, it was and, a, very X Meny. And she like every time she's in there. And she like teleports. It does that ethereal twinkling. So if you can imagine like a perfect fairy girl scout, just like <laughs> ethereal twinkling. Yeah. And they just do it some other times. And dragons. Do, do they really? Do they do it for other effects? Yeah, or? they do it for other effects. Now I want to go watch it with they the just captions. Say, ethereal twinkling. <laughs> <laughs> captions are fun sometimes. I love it. That's funny. But yeah, it was actually so the first episode I thought was going to be real cheesy CW garbage. And like, you know it was bordering. Yeah. It really it it really made you think it was going to be for a good episode or two and then you were like, "Oh, no, this is deeper than that." Yeah. Like it, and then it, and then like they really turned around. Yeah. yeah. It's it's different because a lot of superhero stuff uh I think it's just pacing. Honestly, I think it's just the way they paced this was incredibly different than what I thought it was going to be and they yeah. really focused on that island, but they did not tell you much. So yeah. It's a good world building. And if you guys didn't know, uh, Mark Miller has a publishing company for all of his titles. And Netflix bought that shit, uh, I think, last year or the year before. So they own all the titles for, like, Kick-Ass, Kingsman. They own everything. Yeah. So they're just going to keep making more stuff on Netflix. I think this was the first test of his work on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think it was a pretty good job. I mean, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. Was it a little predictable? Yeah. Were there dry moments? Yeah. But in the terms of CW ness, like you're saying, it came up to the border of it where you, you had those like red flags and you were like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Here it comes. It's going to get really stupid. Yep. But then it just didn't. Right. And then it just kind of veered off again. It, like it's right. like they kept almost running into icebergs, but the Titanic never sank. Right. You right. know? And I was like, that was cool. You you made me think that something was going to suck based on the nature of how it was displayed at first. Yeah. But you kept well, digging deeper in into what you're talking about, and I think that's helped. We've had so many examples of like re-examining our approach to superheroes over yeah. the last handful of years. Mhm. Um side note, I someone had, I can forget who it was, someone made a comment about or or I read a comment about or something about about 
um, how, you know, like, oh, superhero movies are really like, uh, they're like cross-examining superheroes, you know, like kind of, kind of tearing it down and, and getting into the nitty gritty of the morality of superheroes. Right. And, and they were implying that it was like a fairly recent in that last handful of years thing. And they were kind of questioning why. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, well, comic books have been doing exactly that since like the nineties or more. Like comic books have been tearing apart their own characters and re-examining the, the morality yeah. and like the tropes that their own characters fall into. Yeah. Since like the nineties. It's a constant I con- find concept. It humorous yeah. when people who um, may not know the stories outright or or don't know comics outright i'll just say that when you when you're unfamiliar with the medium and then you get upset that comics reflect real life scenarios and topics and hot buttons yeah it's kind of dumb like there are comics that don't but the mainstream of comics have always reflected society yeah i mean you can see that in the origins of most of our favorite superheroes let alone a lot of stories that take place within the time yeah but it always just makes me laugh, man, when people get mad about superhero shit, like being mm-hmm. morally righteous or or trying to or examine like shows that. where they're like, "Oh, the good guy's not so good." Yeah, like yeah, the comics have been doing that for right. since I was a kid. Bro, come on, you watch, you know, like know who Punisher is or Daredevil or any of these yeah. people. Like, there's always that you won't do yeah. it kind of a thing. Well, fucking even Spider Man back yeah. in the '90s went through multiple storylines where. It's not that they were trying to be like, oh, Spider-Man's not as good as you think he is. No, but, but they were giving like, him an edge. Well, yeah. and they were like, they were, they were putting him in scenarios where like he could be a great superhero. Right. But he would always be like a shitty boyfriend or a terrible friend. Mm. Um, like he could never keep personal relationships because of the conflict of being a superhero. It just was so much. Right. Yeah, and, and he couldn't keep it all straight, which is like... Even more then. relatable though that's relatable yeah. to the everyday man like just having all your shit together is hard when you're doing a lot of shit yeah and especially doing a lot of shit is represented as being spider-man in that case but we all have problems being the best boyfriend we all have problems being the best student or worker or boss yeah it's a constant struggle so i love that spider-man was a constant reflection oh yeah. everything was a reflection yeah. of today um and this definitely um rides that wave but not too hard yeah like the whole morality thing is interwoven through the whole story but it's not like they're sitting there every scene beating a dead horse like other things happen you know like right and i was really scared when this came out because i was like is this the worst time for this to come out being that it's like in the post marvel era where people are kind of oversaturated by this and they're like you know do i really want to watch more superhero shit at this point like i just went through like 20 fucking years of it right you know what i mean like no, and this is, I, I feel like it's a good, it, Miller has a great way, well, Miller and the team that helped produce this yeah, have gone about that, like, reframing of what a superhero, what a supervillain is in mm-hmm. the real world. They've gone about that in a way that, that works. Um, like, the boys kind of does that, where they're like, Hey, all superheroes are actually dickheads. They're all fucking assholes, yeah. and we're here to and kill they, them. Yeah, they go, but they go with like hard in the paint in oh, one direction. Dude, they go so hard in the paint in that um, way. Yeah, and this, this one is, is a little bit way. more. Yeah, this one is a little bit more metered. Yeah, and, um, I, I thought it would be really funny uh, to go through IMDb and so there's a rating system. Yeah, people leave ratings and it's one to ten stars. Okay, I was like, we should go like two, four, six, eight, ten, and see what people say uh, because that kind of brings up this first. Uh, this first review. This is the two star. This is the shit burger. Okay. All right. This yeah. is not going to be fun. Right. <laughs> this one's called, this one's titled more soap than superhero. Two right. stars. Please stop making soap operas that are labeled as superhero shows. Thanks. That would be great. Um, I think that kind of just plays on what we were just saying. Yeah. Like you can't have one without the other. And yeah. it's a I, little bit of a soup. It's a little bit of a soap opera. I will give them some justification and some validity behind their statement because there were not a lot of fight scenes. No, no. It was really that big fight scene and then yeah. the aftermath of a fight scene that they just like, well, we gotta get to the scene, you know? And then they get there and everything's done already. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, Yeah, because it's not about, it's not, it's not about, about the fight. The fight. It's yeah. not a Marvel like action flick. Yeah, it's just a different take. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go to a four star one and I'm just reading the top ones on IMDb, not, sure. going, not going through. 
Uh, four stars. It's just bad. <laughs> Everything about this is poorly made. I know nothing of the comics. Watch it for yourself and decide. Should have been on CW or network television. It's just bad. See, again, uh, you don't know anything about the comics. This isn't really your thing. You got to check these books out, man. The Millar books are deep. And even Kick-Ass was way deeper than the movie. If you like the movie, you love the books. So I think if you think the show is poorly made, again, that could be a lot of the pacing of the story. I think for me, that was the one complaint I really had. So please, uh, Mr. Morrison, first review, four stars on IMDb. Go check out the book. (laughs) Uh, We'll go to six star real quick. See what's up. Chloe is really annoying. She's such a waste of screen time. She's too self-loathing. Don't see the point of her, to be honest. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, she... They kinda, I like they the did actress, beat a, though. Yeah, they did beat a dead horse with that character. I'm, yeah, I like who played her, but I could have seen about 50% less screen time with her and been okay with some other story coming on. Yeah, if they had made the... Uh, if they had made her... If they cut her screen time down and then made those important, made those parts, yeah, like more important, yeah, yeah, it would have been a little heavier for me. It yeah. was, it was a constant. I was like, I, I mean, get unless it. your goal I is get to, it. <laughs> yeah, is to have us by the end of the series be like, oh my Fuck fucking Chloe. god, yeah. Chloe, shut. I mean, up. maybe that is because like, she is supposed to turn around in the story a little bit. So sure, maybe they're I, maybe. just like com- making a contrast very early. I mean, it was like it's like the Game of Thrones thing with uh, Joffrey. Yeah, like by the end, you're like, yeah, oh, okay. So many people, <laughs> so many people were so upset with Joffrey, and then they killed him off, and it was to such great effect. Yeah, everyone's like, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah, they're like, Why? "Oh, fucking finally!" It's like a mini party when he died. Oh my god. Okay, eight stars. This is getting into the good shit now. Uh, the first one says spoiler warning, and I have to sign in for it, and I'm not doing that. Um, we'll just go to the second one. Darker, yet realistic version of the second just- generation of Justice League. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it said, never judge a book by its cover. If someone watching the first couple episodes and making assumptions about it, I think he... It was just being being foolish. Trust me, this series has... God, bad fucking grammar. Has so much <laughs> to share if you binge watch the whole series. Best part is the treasure hunt from the 1930s timeline. And that last episode of Jupiter's Legacy opened the doors up to so many possibilities. It was more than a superhero drama, rather... More of a superhero drama rather being... Rather than being... God... Dude, guys, you got to spell check. <laughs> Being an action movie, that's what I felt after watching the first se- the first season. <laughs> Let's hope it will change in season two. I think uh, I get what you're saying. Like, there's again, that's kind of another one of those comments where it's like, it's all drama. Where's the action? Yeah. You're going to see a lot more of that in season two. Uh, based on what's shown in the books with the timeline, we're uh, now getting more caught up on now. The, the, the main one. Uh, what happens next season is going to show you a lot more chaos, a lot more destruction, and a lot more fighting. And a lot more death. So I think that they're just setting up for this second yeah. season really well. A lot of exposition, I'll say that. And 10 out of 10 review. First one, I loved it. Just finished season one. I must say it was really good. I love the fight scenes, the storyline, and the way it went back and forth from the present to the past. I I will agree. At first I they thought it was a little way. jarring. Do you notice that uh, most of the time they uh they resized the screen? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. like every time. Yeah, they uh, resize the screen time. depending on which era they're in. Which is a, a fun little like constant that you can kind of rely on almost. Yeah. Um they further on uh, say it kept me interested the whole way and never lagged or made me bored. I can't wait for season 2 cuz I know it'll be even better. Yeah, I think it's, that's I think that's a again a fair represent a fair rating a fair representation. I think all these were fair. I yeah. don't think there was a review out here that I'm like you're fucking stupid. I mean, uh, there's it's got like hundreds of reviews on IMDb. Yeah, and I'm sure that a lot of them are bullshit. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. But generally, and a like, lot of them like they self admit have never read the book, so they like, don't know. There's like, great reasons it. not to like this show. Yeah, oh yeah, it's cheesy as I'm yeah. saying, but someone said cheesy, but great cheesy. Uh, flawless effects, mm-hmm. superb action, fantastic. You want to know bad cheesy? Yeah. Not related, huh? but kind of related. <laughs> bad cheesy Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, God. Yeah, that was... 
No, well, uh, that tampered uh, the line between good and bad cheesy. Flawless victory. Yeah, flawless victory. I see. So, I was so fucking like he said that, and I was like, oh god, I'm checked out. I like, like when I like when Kano goes, Kano wins. I was like, yeah, it's like yeah, uh, Kano does win. God, <laughs> I thought that was the perfect amount of cheese if, in that scene. If flawless victory, if the flawless victory line didn't come so late in the movie, I would have just stopped watching the movie. Really? That's yeah. why you oh, came in. God, it was so bad. Yeah. It, the new character and all that was garbage. What is the know. new character? Uh, it's like the descendant of Scorpion. But it's not Scorpion. But it's not Scorpion. And Scorpion's back. It's stupid. Again, they put the whole Scorpion uh, Sub-Zero thing in the beginning and the end because they wanted you to stay the whole time. That was literally it. It's like, uh, and we're going to get into it, uh, I think, by now this episode will be out. But check out our spiral review. I have so many negative things to say. Oh, about the movie, the Spiral movie? It's so bad. Yeah, I, I saw that you had some thoughts on oh, that. Oh, God. I was being generous when I said 6.5 out of 10. Like, I was being pretty generous. <laughs> like, it's so bad, dude. But we'll get into that as well. All in all, Jupiter's Legacy, but, I think this is one of those things you got to take at face value. Yeah. You got to understand yeah. what you're walking into. It yeah. is a drama. It is a soap opera. It does have strong themes uh, about society, which is what you yeah. should watch it for. If you're watching this for another Hulk smash, uh, yeah. you know, Age of Ultron ending where everything's gonna, blowing up, it's not going to hit that button for you. Yeah. But if you're if you're into superhero stuff for the internal conflict and the struggle and the morality of it all, yeah. then this is right up your alley. There's enough fighting and enough blood and enough stuff to be interesting, but it's not going to be over the top. It's not gratuitous at all. Yeah. So. I mean, like we know what superhero fights look like. Yeah, yeah. We don't We're, need to yeah. like that over and over and over. And mm-hmm. I like that this is something different. You know, yeah. like this is broadening the culture and the landscape of uh, cinema and TVs doing superhero stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's saying, hey guys, we don't have to do what was just done for you know a decade. Right. We can do other things. And ever right. I think people are starting to realize that they're going, oh wow. Uh, I mean, DC didn't do what Marvel did for a reason. You know, they, if they did, they would just been like, oh, it's lamer than they did it. You yeah. know, they had to go off out of necessity and start new movies and start new franchises and redo their world building. And even how we see now they release the Snyder Cut, like there's so much unprecedented stuff happening in the superhero universes and in the movies that mm-hmm. it's an exciting time, even though it, it, it we're bouncing back from oversaturation. Yeah. Um, yeah. we've, I, we've reached, I think we're reaching that point where people are going to actually start to make really great superhero movies. It's becoming more refined yeah. because it was so cookie cutter with Marvel. Like when that, when that first set of like Iron Man Thor movies came out. Yeah. Um, I will give them, I will give them credit. They hit some sort of nerve with. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and yeah. Then, I got a sleeve for Rocket and Groot. I mean, that's then, my favorite one. Yeah. And then when they did the revamp of the Thor, like the, the re- Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah. It was that new tone. Uh, yeah. They just that, changed they the tone in. of the Thor movies. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't so as Guardian and serious and trying mm-hmm. to be. Uh, what was that? It wasn't what was that Iron sound Man effect? Hammer. What was that caption sound effect? Oh, um, ethereal twinkling. That's what I felt like the second movie was. Yeah. It was ethereal twinkling with, yeah. with night elves. I was like, this is yeah. dumb. Like, <laughs> it was literally the yeah. lowest performing Marvel movie that's ever come out in the, in Dude, ever. if you could reimagine the dark elves with, uh, like the Ragnarok feel. Ooh. Where they're just like hyper violent. And yes. Metal. If they could like, do something like that, like make them less like stormtrooper looking and more like crazy like yeah, berserker elves or go, some shit take, go crazy with it take plenty of inspiration steal this shit out of like games workshops dark eldar yeah stuff, totally and make them like that that's what that's what dark elves need to be i think that that would have been cool if they and did that movie. games workshop so give me the director's cut stuff. make it better make it bloodier make it fun there was like one mm-hmm. scene i liked in the whole movie natalie portman's hot whatever just like give me something better now yeah. she's coming back as thor oh, jane she- foster's about to be lady thor motherfuckers oh, yeah. in the movies marvel's see here's the thing that they're expecting everyone at this point to go god i'm so sick of marvel yeah you know like they're like god okay i get it endgame was great infinity war was great you did we acknowledge that you did something that has never been done before now yeah. shut up right and now they're sitting in the darkness going <laughs> yeah. because they've got a whole new lineup that that is more complex probably and more 
thought provoking than the first yeah. 11 years. That's fine. Yeah. And I think that this came at a perfect time to kind of uh, massage the brains of the weary nerds that are like, I'm reaching into other fields now because superheroes mm-hmm. is oversaturated. Yeah. You watch this and you know the story or you know Millar, Miller or you know any of this stuff. I think you're really going to like it. Um, I would give this the geekly stamp of approval based oh, yeah. on what they accomplished here. They, well, they did it, some cool stuff. It's interesting. So this comes out almost right at the same time that Invincible came out on Amazon. Yep. And Invincible is also another kind of re-examination of the superhero but it's more specific it is more specifically like superman let's yeah. reevaluate let's take a different look at the concept of the like all-powerful um being yeah yeah let me look up i forget and and like jupiter's legacy has a little bit of that it does but it focuses more on like the broader implications of superheroes in general i think i have a guy on facebook that either worked on the comic book are you uh you gonna facebook name drop here no i'm gonna try and get him for an interview oh okay fair enough i think that'd be dope let me look um i think it's one of the cover artists maybe it was a good uh it was a good show invincible i've never watched it i've never even read the books so i was like am i is it gonna translate like that was my main oh yeah i have no idea i didn't read the books either <clears throat> yeah, I don't. It's it's nobody. I I don't remember his name. My, I just remember having him on my on my feed, and I was like, "Yo, you want to do something?" Like two years ago, my comic book consumption dropped precipitously after maybe the second or third Iron Man, when like the movies really started to come. God, along. dude, the fucking third one was garbage, and I was it was so bad. I am. That's the thing. They they had a lot of hit and misses. The way the way that they handled the Mandarin, was yeah, just garbage, garbage. Yeah, I couldn't deal with it, dude. I was like, <sighs> "You're doing a whole pump fake right now." Like, seriously, like he could have been so fucking cool. Just, you could have uh, had like the Doctor Strange vibes before Doctor Strange came out, and you just know, chose to just, fake it, bro. Uh, it was dumb. They've done a lot of things like that. I mean, both sides. DC's they had such done great talent. They <laughs> such Who was great Man- the Mandarin. Uh, so they had. It was a really well-known uh, actor. Shit, Ben. Um, what was his name? Ben. It's not. It's not Ben Kingsley. That's not it. Um, Iron Man three. Yeah. <laughs> Looking it up. Uh, his picture popped up right away. Who is it? Hold on. Dude, I don't. There's not. Why yeah, are there like yeah. Seven but they Iron also Man had 3s? Guy Pierce as a villain, and that. Guy Pierce is phenomenal. Eh, um, eh. Uh, ben Kingsley. It is Ben, ben Kingsley. Kingsley. Wow, you're faster. Well, I guess I'm running a bunch of programs. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they had like great, just like great actors. Hmm. That's a waste. That lineup. I feel like that's a waste when you can get good actors and your script is bullshit. Uh, Rest in peace, Iron Man. <laughs> but... Yeah, I think this was fun. It gave you a little bit of everything you were familiar with, but presented it in a different way. So if you guys are into superhero stuff, but you're looking for something different, you maybe want something a little more thought-provoking that can be emotional, but is not CW quality. I think that was the one thing I disagree with. It's not CW quality. It actually has some some bravado to it. You know, like, like it's nice to watch. So go check it out. It's on Netflix right now, the whole first season. I think it's 10 episodes. And I will say this: the first episode was like an hour and a half long. I was like, "I'm going to put shit. down a hundred geek coins that the guy that complained about it being a soap opera instead of a superhero show actually loves CW superhero yep. shows, He's which probably are like, just it, soap operas." He's like, "It it was it, it wasn't on CW, so I don't think I like it." Yeah. <laughs> He's got the CW posters in his room. I like God, God, hundred geek CW coins. shows, superhero shows were just so. Uh, cringe yeah. i don't know why i like firefly because it's it's like the only thing that's come out of cws that i've ever enjoyed it was brilliantly uh, made first couple of seasons of uh like the, first handful, the first handful of seasons i will never say those words out loud okay but nathan fillion like, i won't say no but yeah. i will never say those words out loud. <laughs> you'll never hear it from me um so so at at the end yeah. of the day looking at jupiter's legacy what would you rate it uh out of 10 capes Oh, uh... All-around pleasurable. 
experience or sitting on uh, a bunch of tax? I'd go with the. Uh, I'd go with eight. Eight capes eight, out of ten. Eight capes out of ten. Yeah, cool. It could have. It could have bumped up to nine if they had done I'd, something with with Chloe and they yeah. had re. There were some moments, yeah, that just were too close to a CW moment. They they I, did get close very often. There but, were a lot of those moments, but like we said, they didn't fully yep, go there. It back. Yep. Yeah, so yep. I think eight's a that's a pretty accurate and astute observation there. Mm-hmm. But I would probably pull it back to a seven five. Yeah, uh, just because the pacing man god damn it that pacing like for, and the only reason i'm complaining if you don't now, know the story it's fine i binged it so yeah. that might have changed my idea no i binged it too Did i you? binged okay. it in like a day or two right. like i had to take a break yeah. <laughs> but the first two comic books lay out the the stories we're reading right or seeing right now and just the way that the current took longer than it did in the comic book to be different mm-hmm. like really chafed my balls but I do mm. like that they did the island thing so in-depth. And, yeah. and they really played more into why he goes to the island. Because in the book, the very first fucking shot is them talking to the boat captain. And you're like, why? Mm. But why? <laughs> and you really never learned the Great Depression background. I think that was fabricated for the show, which is great. Yeah, but I don't know. there's just so much that I have to reevaluate about it after watching the show. Um, so yeah, 7.5 out of 10, but I still highly recommend it. Uh, that's just my personal rating for what I feel like it could have been and, and what it is, but it did, it did do its job. It set up really yeah. well for another season. It, yep. it kept you interested. You liked what's going on and the, the stupid ass characters normally get what they deserve. So yeah. 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 Like I'm kind of I'm vibing off this daddy drama from Brandon and I, Utopia. <laughs> I do I do like how they have stupid, like stupid superhero characters. Yeah, uh, and like stupid superhero tropes. Yeah, and every once in a while they'll actually just like call it out. Oh yeah, they'll like they name straight it up face say value. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is great. They call themselves out. It's pretty self aware. I think that's why I like it. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it knows it's what it's doing. Got enough self awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Geekly stamp yep. of approval. That's was... an average of 7.75 out of 10 uh-huh. capes. Yep. That's a pretty good review. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that this is on our must-watch list if you're a superhero fan. Uh-huh. For sure. I'd say so. I think you'll enjoy it. But I think that's about it, folks. we yep. got to put our capes back on and get back to the union. As always, I'm Lucian, the weirdo with a beardo. I am Zach. I am not the character from Grandma's Boy, nor a robot. <laughs> hey, JD, how much do clothes cost in the Matrix? Fuck, suck, a ball sack. <laughs> and we're out! You are listening to The Weekly Keepley. Not the beast! Ah! And the Counterculture Podcast. Ah!